Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Lake Point family, and hey, uh, if you got your Bible, head over to Philippians chapter four. Um, that's going to be uh, today, uh, Philippians chapter four. And hey, I just want to go ahead and do this. You know, this is the time of year where everybody's kind of getting back to school and uh, and back to school, kind of new rhythms, new life. A lot of people kind of checking out our church. We had an, an enormous number of uh, people visiting with us last week. We know it's going to be the same this week. So hey, Lake Point family, can you help me show our guests how honored we are that they're here? Do that right now. That's right, ma'am. We are incredibly honored uh, if you are brand new with us, and uh, it's just our honor really to host you. And man, I do just, you know, speaking of, of guests, you know, last time um, I was teaching, um, I was finishing up our Uncommon series, and I did uh, the uh, sermon on marriage and sexuality. And I just want to say that we advertised that about three weeks in advance, just saying, hey, PG-11, you know, you may want to stay away, that kind of thing. Well, that week, we were up about 2,000 people from the same time last year. So let me just say this, y'all are shady. Y'all are shady. You just want... That kind of thing, and uh, I do just want to celebrate something, um, a really cool thing that happened uh, in uh, service last week. Um, there was a guy, and I have permission to share this story. Um, there was a guy that uh, was part of our church, is a part of our church, a guy named Clay. And Clay's story was he had sort of kind of wandered away from the Lord for a while, and then he kind of got plugged back into a Lake Point service, and uh, the Lord really worked in his heart, drew him back to himself, and was like, man, I really need to give my life to Christ. So he did that, and then he was like, man, I know that I, I kind of need to get baptized. And so he took that step um, to, to sign up for baptism, and then he was here last time I taught, and he heard that message, and uh, he and his girlfriend that were living together, and, and they kind of made that decision, like, man, we really want to follow Christ, you know, in obedience in this area of life. So they took the, the marriage challenge that we, you know, kind of talked about last time I was here, and it was really cool. Last week at Services Clay uh, was baptized, and then as soon as he got out of the baptistry, he knelt down on one knee, proposed to his girlfriend. She said yes here in the baptistry. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing, man. Yeah, man. So I just want to celebrate everything that's going on. Well, here's where we are. What we're doing is we're starting a series today that we're calling Asking for a Friend. And what we're doing is uh, these are all the questions that kind of everybody wrestles with, um, but you know, pe people don't want to be as honest about the fact that they're wrestling with these things. And so each week what we're going to do is we're going to tackle one of these things. And if you're here at Easter, what we're doing is, is we're taking the results from that Easter survey and hitting the top four things that we got from those about, about 20,000 responses. Now, uh, you may have some idea of what I'm hitting today. What I'm hitting today was the number one response. It wasn't 
couldn't even close. It was, you know, over, it was double digit percentage points ahead of anything else um, that was on that survey. And it was the, uh, the issue of how do I deal with worry and anxiety? Okay, how do I deal with worry and anxiety? Now, let me just go ahead and do this. If you could do this at all of our campuses, if you could raise your hand if you've ever dealt with worry, fear, or anxiety. Go ahead, get them up, get them up, raise them real high. Everybody look around, everybody look around. Keep them up, look around, keep them up, look around. Now, keep them up and look at me, look at me. Stop it. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. All right, now. No, wouldn't it be awesome if it was that easy for us to just kind of say, hey, man, just stop doing the worry, fear, and anxiety thing, but it's not. In fact, this is really interesting. When you read your Bible, this is the most often repeated command in the entire Bible. It's the command to fear not. In fact, 366 times in the Bible, one more than days we have in a year, God commands us, hey, to fear not. Now, here, there's a reason for that. Watch this. It's the number one command in the Bible because God knew that it would be the number one issue in our lives. This is really interesting. Uh, so right now, a couple stats for you, mind-blowing. Right now, anxiety medication, medication that deals with worry, fear, and anxiety, is the number one most prescribed medication in America. Again, that's by a long shot. That is a 50, Americans this year will spend more than $55 billion, billion with a B, on medication to treat worry, fear, and anxiety. Uh, and the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, they said this, they estimate, this, and I'm quoting them, that up to 90% of doctor's visits might be attributed to stress-related illness. 90, 90%. So here's what I did in preparation for this sermon. I tried to sit down and make a list of, of the things that give us anxiety, and here's my list. What really gives anxiety is the past, what we did in the past, uh, what's going on in the present and in the future. Besides that, we're great. We're totally great besides those things. Well, here's what I wanna do. Uh, I, I wanna get in, and the Bible has a lot to say about this. We wanna take a blowtorch to this thing. So if you got your Bibles, uh, pick up with me in Philippians chapter four, and we're gonna read this passage together. And uh, let me just kinda point something out about this passage. It's really helpful. This passage was written by a guy named Paul. Paul wrote more books of the New Testament than anybody else uh, in the Bible. And what's interesting about the book of Philippians is, watch this, Paul wrote this when he was in Rome, number one, in prison, awaiting a death sentence, those three things, okay? Now, in fact, church history tells us that the death sentence Paul received while he was in this jail cell writing the words we're about to read would actually lead to his beheading. Now, this is fascinating to me. I want you to think about this. So Paul is in Rome, in prison, in a jail cell, and yet the book of Philippians contains more comments, more references to joy and happiness than any other book in the New Testament. That's fascinating to me. So let me just kind of say this as, as a starter. If I find a guy that's in Rome, in prison, in a jail cell, who can't stop talking about how happy he is, I wanna learn from that guy, okay? That's what I wanna do. So let's do that. Let's learn from him together and watch what Paul says about how we kind of get past fear and anxiety into a state of rejoicing in the Lord. So watch this, okay? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. That's interesting. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your, now if you got your Bible, circle this word, let your reasonableness, interesting word, be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, okay? 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, now watch this. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, wait, Paul's not done. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Circle that word if you got your Bibles. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, now can I just start here real quick? Can I just say something? It's interesting what Paul doesn't say in this passage. Isn't it interesting that Paul doesn't say anything about the things that are going on out here in your life? So Paul doesn't say, hey man, uh, if you wanna get a higher level of, uh, of peace in your life, you need to get out of those high maintenance relationships and get into some low maintenance relationships. He didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, if you wanna up the amount of peace in your life, you need to get out of that really stressful, you know, sort of uh, demanding job and get into a more chill, relaxed, low maintenance job. Doesn't say that. Uh, now, listen, some of those things may need to happen in your life, but it's interesting that Paul doesn't mention anything about what's going on out here. So, so watch this. Paul is saying that the main source of the worry and anxiety in your life doesn't have anything to do with, watch this, what's going on out here it has everything to do with what's going on in here. Let me say it another way. Paul's saying, your fear and anxiety in your life, it's not about your enemies, it's about your inner me. And if you're gonna deal with what's going on, with, it's causing the fear and anxiety in your life, you've gotta deal with what's going on inside of your chest, okay? Now here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, have you, here, let me tell you how this sermon's gonna go. Have you guys ever pulled up to like Jiffy Lube or gotten your oil changed and uh, they talk about the, you know, the 27 point check or whatever. Here's how this sermon's gonna go. I'm gonna give you from this passage a four point check. Now I want you to write these down, a four point check. Every time that you're struggling with fear, worry, anxiety, this passage gives us, hey, check these four things. And I'm, by the way, I'm used to having three points and I got four, so we gotta roll, okay? So here we go, here we go, all right, number one. Number one starts here, check your foundation. Check your foundation, okay? Now did you notice this? What Paul says in the passage is rejoice in the Lord always, Again, I will say rejoice. Now, let me explain this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Here's why he says that. If the Lord is the source of your joy, you can always rejoice because the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? Now, let me explain this. What he's saying is your joy, your peace, will only be as stable as what it's built on. On. If I'm rejoicing in the Lord, then my joy will be stable uh, because if God is the source of my peace, then it'll be stable because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now watch this. If you try to build, uh, your, uh, if you try to build your joy, if you try to build your sense of security, if you try to build your identity, your self-worth, your happiness on anything other than God, you are building on an unstable foundation and you're gonna find some worry, fear, and anxiety in your life. Okay, now uh, what I did uh, for this, I wanted to give you a visual aid of how th this works. So Denise, can you help me out and bring this up? Everybody give Denise a hand, she's helped me out right here. Denise, thank you so much. All right, so here's what I got right here. Uh, I got a, a balance ball, and by the way, my whole goal in this part of the message is to not kill myself, okay? Here's what I got right here. So this is a balance ball, this is a fitness tool. Now here's how this works, okay? This works by introducing an instability into your foundation so that your legs can never relax, okay? Uh, one of my favorite verses of the Bible is uh, it, the book of Isaiah. It says, you will keep in perfect peace 
him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you, listen, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal, okay? Now watch this. In the same way that my legs can never relax because there's an insecurity and instability in my foundation, if you try to build your sense of peace, your self-worth, your identity, your joy, your happiness in your life on anything other than God, what you're doing is you are introducing an instability into the foundation of your life. And listen, you're never gonna be able to relax. So, so watch this, okay, watch this. Uh, the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you know what's not the same yesterday, today, and forever? The stock market, okay? You know what's not the same yesterday, today, and forever? Your kid's behavior. Yes, I got an amen for that right there, that's right. You know what's not the same yesterday, today, and forever? Your relationship with that guy that you're trying to date. What's not the same yesterday, today, and forever? Who's in political power? Yeah, those things, your physical beauty, those things are not the same yesterday, today, and forever. So watch this, here's what's gonna happen in your life. If you're a person who is constantly transferring the trust of your, woo -hoo, who is constantly transferring, <laughs> see, that's my goal is not to kill myself here. If you're a person who's constantly transferring the trust of your soul onto a solid rock of Jesus Christ, well, then your soul is gonna be able to relax. But if, watch this, if you, listen, if you try to do things like build your sense of, uh, of it, try to build your self-worth on your net worth. Well, watch this. Your self-worth can go up and down uh, 200 points every day with a stock market. Or watch this. If you try to build uh, your uh, sense of security on who is in political power right now, watch this. Every four years, you're gonna do this. And then this. And then this again. If you try to build uh, your sense of identity or value on your physical appearance, especially, listen to me, especially young ladies. Listen, when you are 16, that might feel like a pretty stable foundation. When you are 46, a little, little less stable. Listen, no offense to anybody in the room. When you are 76, not quite so stable. Hey, look around at your grandma. Listen guys, gravity wins. <laughs> it's gonna win. So listen, what you gotta understand, that's what's gonna happen if you are building your sense of peace and identity on anything other than God, then you are gonna have a an instability in the foundation of your soul and you'll never be able to relax on the inside, but watch this. But what if I step off of those things without dying and I place my feet on a solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well then guys, come on. Now, now all of a sudden I can relax because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Denise, you can come grab this. Everybody give Denise a hand. She's been great today. Guys, watch this, whenever I place my trust in Jesus Christ, what happens is, hey, when, when you're 66 and the stock market plummets, what you can do is you can say, hey man, am I glad that happened? Absolutely not, but I'm okay because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Whenever you are 36 or 46 and your children are not doing okay, you can say, man, I'm sad, but I'm not overthrown because God loves my children more than I do and I can't mess them up so much that Christ cannot redeem them. Whenever you are 66 and you find out that the cancer came back, what you can say in the doctor's office is, hey man, you can say with the Apostle Paul, I am sorrowful, but I'm always rejoicing because he's the great physician and he will heal me. He's gonna heal me either now or he'll heal me, heal me when I close my eyes for the last time and I step into glory. One of those things is gonna happen. So guys, listen to me. Our health will fade and stock markets will fall, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. Check your foundation. That's where it begins. Now watch this, number two, check your line. 
Check your line. Now, that's not gonna make any sense, so let me explain it. Did you notice in verse nine, Paul says, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. Now, watch this. Paul's saying that the peace in your life is related to the practice in your life. Now, let me give you a little example and show you how this works, okay? Uh, I, I live in a neighborhood about uh, five miles from our broadcast campus here in Rockwall, and right outside of my neighborhood, I turn left to go up the YMCA, I pass the Starbucks right there, and there's a red light right there uh, that sometimes, if it's really early in the morning, nobody's out, I treat it like a stop suggestion. Lord, forgive me, that kind of thing. So here's what happens. Now, I want you to think about this. If I, now every day, I, now, I, I, I stop when I'm supposed to stop, but listen, what if, one morning I'm driving to work and it's real early and that morning I just decide to go, hey, it's red, I'm going right on through. Well, think about this. In a place where historically I have always had peace, now I'm full of fear. Why? Because I broke a law. Now, now listen real quick, watch how this works. What the Bible teaches is that God is a good God who gives good gifts to his children. So what, what this means is God gives us good laws not to keep us from getting things that will fulfill us, but to keep us from doing things that will destroy us. What the Bible teaches is that, watch this, that disobedience removes God's protection. So whenever I'm relating to an area of my life in a way that's disobedient to God, guys, I'm gonna have some stuff that I have to worry about. If I'm not handling my money in the wise and faithful ways that the Bible teaches me to handle my money, guys, I'm gonna have to stay up late worrying about some things. If I'm not relating to my sexuality in a way that the Bible's commanded me to relate to my sexuality, guys, I'm gonna have to worry about some things. Uh, can, I, can I like step on some toes? Can I meddle a little bit here? <laughs> well, let me get for real, for real, okay? Listen, it's hard to have peace when you can't remember whether you erased your browsing history every time your wife picks up your computer. Hard to have peace. Oh, I got right there. Hello. Okay, watch this. It's hard to have peace when you have three Instagram accounts and the only one your parents know about is your decoy. It's hard to have peace when you're sleeping with your boyfriend and you can't remember if you took your birth control. Now, can I explain what's going on? Let me show you what's happening whenever we step outside of God's good commands that are good for our soul to try and control what's going on in our life. So in my Bible, one of my favorite verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, let me put it, put it up on the screen. This is why I called this point, check your line. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now, here's what I did in my personal reading Bible. In that verse, what I did is I drew a line in the middle of that verse so that I could remember what's my job and what's God's job. And what you guys gotta understand, there's some things that are your job and there's some things that are not your job. So watch this, here's my job. My job is to trust in the Lord with all Josh's heart. My job is to lean not on Josh Howerton's own understanding. And my job is to, in all of my ways, acknowledge him. You know what's not my job? To direct my paths. For you guys who are, if you're a, you know, I'm kind of type A, achiever oriented, maybe some of you business people, you might resonate with this language. What this passage is saying is you control inputs, you do not control outcomes. And if you spend your whole life trying to control the outcomes in your life, the outcomes in that relationship, the outcome in your career, the outcomes with your children, listen, if you spend your whole life trying to control things you cannot control, you're gonna be full of anxiety your entire life. Guys, what God has called you to focus on is trusting in him with all your heart, not leaning on your understanding and acknowledging him in all your ways. And he says, let me control all the outcomes. Can I just apply this real quick? Listen, parent with a wayward child right now, 
What you need to focus on is loving God boldly, modeling loving Jesus and his bride, the church, live with compassion, show the unconditional love of Christ to everybody around you, and then just let God control all the outcomes of your child. You gotta learn to relax in that. Listen, if you're dealing with financial issues, your job is to work heartily as unto the Lord, to return the first part of your income to God in faith, and to do the best that you can to save and spend smartly. And after that, listen, you guys, you gotta be able to relax in what God's job is. He will direct your paths in your relationships in your life. Listen, if you're single and you're like, man, I'm really worried I'm gonna end up alone, and that's a lot of people, your job is to chase God with your whole heart, to pray that God will provide somebody that, that'll point you to him, and if you're a guy, maybe shave and throw away your cargo shorts, whatever you need to do. But then after that, you just need to learn to relax. Uh, l- let me just kinda say this in a very blunt way, guys. You relax on a plane even though you don't know the pilot. You relax on a ship even though you don't know the captain. You relax, relax on a bus even though you don't know the driver. Why don't you relax in life knowing that God's in control? Okay, so check your line, all right? Now, number three, watch this. Number three, check your focus. Check your focus, all right? Did you notice what verse eight said? Paul says, here's, if you wanna increase the amount of peace in your life, Paul says, here's what you need to do. He says, think about these things. And then he lists the type of things that we as Christ followers are supposed to intentionally fill our minds with. He says these things. Fill your mind with things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise, okay? Now, again, I want a little visual illustration for this. So uh, could you guys help me out? At all of our canvas, could you help me out? Could everybody hold up one index finger in front of your face? Do this real quick. Even if you hate it when pastors do this, just do it, boost my self-esteem. Just uh, hold up the index finger in front of your face. Now do this, close one eye, All of our campus, close one eye. Now hold your index finger up uh, right over the eye that's still open and try to block me out with your index finger. Okay, try to do it. All right, great. Now, let let me just ask you, could you do it? You could, couldn't you? Now this is really interesting. Let me ask this question. Which one is larger, me or your index finger? It's me. Now, Now listen, really close, listen. A small thing held close to the eye can block out a large thing. Now now think about this, let me apply this real quick, okay? Guys, the promises of God are bigger than the problems of your life, but a small thing held up close to the retina of your soul can block out a larger thing. And that's what a lot of us do with our problems in our lives, is instead of focusing on the promises of God, the true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise promises of God, we hold up the problems of our life to the retina of our soul, and it blocks out all these wonderful things. Now, do you guys know how a lot of us do this? Let me get real practical here for a second. Here's how a lot of us do this. We do this with this death machine. That's what we do it with. So some of you, here's what you do. Every morning you get up and literally the first thing you do in your bed is you open your phone and you check your, whether it might be your social media app and you look for that little Facebook app with a red badge with a number in it. And as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, one, only one notification, everybody hates me, my life is ending. Or you look at Twitter or you know, Snapchat or whatever it is, and as soon as you see it, your mind just starts going, and that's what you focus on for the whole day. Now listen, some of you, let me talk to those of you who are just judging all the people that I was speaking to for a second. Some of you who might be a little older and you're like, oh, I'll never use that dang Snapchat. Okay, well, let me talk to you real quick. Your thing might not be Snapchat. What you might do is you wake up every day and the first thing you do is you check the news. And let me just say this to you. If the first thing you do every day is check the news, 
God help your soul. You will never have peace in your entire life. Let me just, do you guys understand that the role of news outlets, whether they're political left or political right, their entire job is to get you to not think about things that are just pure, lovely, commendable, the peace of God. Their entire goal is to get you to think about all the worst case scenarios, the salacious, terrible gossip that's happening in the world all the ugly, impure things. That's their entire job. Do you know, listen, I could go on a long rant. I'm not gonna do it. Do you know what you're never going to hear when you turn on Fox News? You're never gonna hear this. You know, guys, the Democrats have a really good point. And I just wanna point that out today for about 10 minutes, you know? You know what you're never gonna hear when you turn on MSNBC? You're never gonna hear a news anchor go, man, the Republicans, they're just really wise about this one issue and it's, we just wanna focus on this. For, that's never gonna happen. Why? Because their entire job is to get you fearful and angry and full of rage so that you'll keep focusing on, on what they're giving you. So watch this. Can I just show you something? This is amazing. I, now I'm just gonna tell you this. This goes with everything. Work alerts, uh, 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 project management alerts, Amber, all these things, okay? Now watch this. Let me show you this. Not a lot of people know about this. You guys zoom in real tight. Not a lot of people know there's a, a new feature on the new iPhones that is, and I'm not joking at all, this is statistically proven to reduce your worry by 50%. And I'm, that's not an exaggeration, okay? New feature. The new iPhones have this feature. Now watch this. I, I'm gonna, now listen, this is so great that when I do this, this deserves applause. Okay, new feature on iPhones that will reduce your worry by 50%. There's a button on the right side of your iPhone. And if you just hold these two buttons down and you just click, just do this, boom, wasn't that amazing? That was a, listen, I just reduced your worry by 50% in your life just by this. Can, can I just say this to you? Guys, some of you are praying for the peace of God, but God didn't have any place to put it. You are so focused on the problems of your day instead of the promises of God. Can I just tell you what I do in my life? And you're gonna hear in just a second. Worry, fear, and anxiety is arguably the largest sin that I struggle with my whole life. What I do every morning is I wake up, guys, I get in my Bible, and all I'm doing when I'm reading my Bible is I'm looking for that one verse. What's that thing I can cling to for the entire day to remind me of the things that are lovely, pure, commendable, just, and wonderful in God's sight? And what you're gonna find is that when you get into your Bible, there is a promise for every circumstance. Guys, are you afraid of people? You need Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Are you going through money issues right now? You need Philippians 4.19. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Guys, there is even a verse for going to the dentist. Crown him with many crowns. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Uh, kidding. But there actually is a verse that says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. That is a verse, okay? So here's how this works. Guys, I don't get to control what I'm going through, but I do get to control what I focus on. Peter made it through the waves because he was focused on who he was walking to, not what he was walking through. Are you gonna focus on the mountain or the mountain mover? That's the decision that you have every day. Okay, so check your focus. Now, last one. Check your reasonableness. Okay, verse five, check your reasonableness. Now, it's really interesting. What Paul says here is if you wanna eliminate worry, fear, and anxiety in your life, you need what he calls reasonableness. Now that seems really weird, why does he say that, okay? Uh, I mentioned this in one service out of three a few weeks ago, but I just wanna bring it up again. Have you ever noticed that Paul was absolutely impossible to deal with? If you were to tell Paul, hey Paul, we're gonna throw you in prison, he says, okay, I'm gonna convert your guards. 
If you say, Paul, fine, then we're gonna torture you. He says, well, I do not consider that the sufferings of this present life are worth comparing to the future glory that will be revealed in me. If you say, okay, Paul, then we're gonna let you live. He says, great, to live as Christ. You know, it's whatever you say to Paul, it's impossible to throw him off balance. And what's interesting is, think about this. Paul is in Rome, in prison, in a jail cell, and he's happy. And what I think a lot of you would say to Paul is you'd say, Paul, you're out of touch with reality. And Paul would fire right back, no, you are out of touch with reality. Because listen, you've forgotten that the same God who was crucified for you in the past is with you in the present and he controls your future. You are out of touch with reality. And if you wanna reduce the anxiety in your life, what you've gotta have is a gospel reasonableness that remembers that. The same Jesus that was crucified for me. My name is graven on his hands. He cannot forget me. He will never leave me or forsake me. And when you understand that, everything starts to fall away. Can I get, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've only been here a few months uh, just from the emails and praying with you, some of you guys at the campuses and the lobby. You know, I've already noticed there's some people, they probably have a very inaccurate perception of me. So I wake up every morning, sort of levitate out of bed, and you know, all my kids come running in for daily devotionals, that kind of thing. And Josh probably, you know, he probably never struggles with fear and anxiety. He just has so much trust in the Lord. Uh, just to be, can I be human with you for a second? <laughs> can I be like really, really? Will you guys let me do that? I mean, let me do that. Uh, the last five months of my life, I, I um, have dealt with something that I've I've never dealt with before in my entire life. Uh, about four and a half months ago, I was, uh, let me start here. The most common question I get asked right now isn't, hey Josh, you know, how are the kids, or how's the new baby, or how are you adjusting? Here's the most common question I get right now. What is that thing you put in your mouth when you preach? That's, that's what, uh, let me explain that. Um, about four and a half months ago, I was uh, interviewing a candidate for a role here at Lake Point, had flown out somewhere, and I was in a hotel room, and I woke up one morning, and uh, I noticed that uh, my heart was beating real fast and I've you know, always kind of worked out, never had any health issues, that kind of thing. And, and uh, I was sweating real bad and noticed that I, I had, was thinking, was struggling to think to the point that I, I kind of struggled to walk downstairs and eat my breakfast and uh, kind of broke down and uh, called somebody and uh, they said, Josh, what's happening to you right now? Never happened to me before. As they said, you're having a panic attack. <laughs> And it freaked me out because I thought I was dying. <laughs> and, uh, and I started kind of digging into what was going on. And uh, I, I was struggling with, for about three months, uh, a level of anxiety that I do not really have words to describe to you. Totally irrational uh, anxiety to the point that I struggled to sometimes function. Um, later, I had somebody say, hey man, just to point this out, you know, you just came from a church in... Nashville that you loved dearly for 10 years. You relocated that church three times in 10 years and you walked through a, you know, your best friend's life catastrophe. Then you got a, a new job, a new baby, you know, moved to a new city. Yeah, it probably makes sense you reached a breaking point. Um, but all, all that began to happen. And uh, for some reason, uh, it, it swirled around me being on stage. And uh, which is very inconvenient when you are a public speaker for a living. <laughs> And, um, and so I, I got to this point where every time I would try to stand on stage, uh, my body would totally melt down. And it was scary enough to me that I started making written plans, like what am I gonna do if I'm like the Chuck, Chuck Knobloch of preaching, I never preach again, you know, that kind of thing. 
And uh, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to continue preaching. And, uh, and so here's how this works. For some people, anxiety is physical and they need rest or they need thyroid treatment or they need a new diet. For some people, it's emotional and you need to work through some trauma or process some things in your life. But what I do know is that it's always spiritual. And so I reached out to a friend who'd had the same thing happen, a pastor named Daniel Lucas. And he quoted for me a verse from Isaiah that promises that God will be with you and he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And what he did is, uh, is he said, Josh, next time you're standing in the front row at Lake Point getting ready to stand on that stage, what I want you to have in your head is the thought, he's up there waiting for me. <laughs> he's up there waiting for me, promised to be with you. And some of you may even remember this, the first time after all that began to happen that I taught at Lake Point, I sat on a stool and I preached the shortest sermon of my life, 22 minutes. <laughs> and right after the message, I was in the lobby, a sweet little old lady said, man, I sure wish you were able to teach longer. And I was thinking, me too, you know, me too. I wish I was too. But I made it through that one. And what I noticed is that, wow, I got through and God was with me. And then I got to the next message and I sat on a stool again and I made it all the way to 29 minutes. But I made it through and I thought, wow, God was with me. And every time I teach, it's just gone further and further and further away. So that now I woke up today and guys, I was excited to teach the Bible today and stand on this stage. And, and listen, listen, here's what you need to know. The thing that I feared the thing that I feared that I would stand on this stage and open up the word and I would just melt down and humiliate myself in front of people because of what's going on with my body. That fear never happened. It was a, an unreasonable fear. Do you know why? Because the Lord is at hand. And listen, what that means is I'm standing in a place today that four months ago, I didn't know if I'd ever stand here again. And God put me here today to remind somebody that's gonna listen to this message of what's actually true. So can I remind you, if you're walking through worry, fear, and anxiety, can I remind you what's actually true? Here's what's true. The goodness of God will always carry us through. The Lord is at hand. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. You are his servant, he has chosen you and he has not cast you off. So fear not, for he is with you. Be not dismayed, for he is your God. He will strengthen you, he will help you, he will uphold you by his righteous right hand. When you walk through the waters, he will be with you. When you pass through the fire, it shall not overwhelm you. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He is a hiding place for you. That's right, I'm preaching 60% better than you're responding right now, guys. You better get into this. Listen, <laughs> he is a hiding place for you. He preserves you from trouble. He surrounds you with shouts of deliverance. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen to me, if you are here and you're struggling with anxiety, what you gotta know is it's your fear and your anxiety, it will not last forever. Sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You are sowing in tears, you will sow with songs of joy. Listen, you are not alone, Gethsemane shows us that. There is somebody who cares for you, the cross proves that. Your future is not dark, the resurrection declares that. You will be used by God to make a difference in this world, Pentecost proclaims that. So listen, you can stand up and you can say to the worry, fear, and anxiety in your life, you can say, anxiety, your days are numbered. 
so that even if you last until my dying breath, you will be vanquished for all of eternity while I escape away to the everlasting joy of the Father's presence. In the words of D.A. Carson, an 80-year-old theologian that I respect greatly, I'm not suffering from anything that a good resurrection cannot fix. <laughs> not one thing, not one thing. And so Lake Point family, Let's press in to the joy of the Lord together. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray the Spirit would minister to that to you. And so Heavenly Father, I pray that right now you would send your Holy Spirit who your word says is a spirit of peace that gives us the ability to have peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray for everybody at all of our campuses that is overwhelmed with worry, fear, and anxiety. And I pray that you would tear off the blinders, that they would see that fear is a false prophet and that Jesus Christ is a living savior who came to set captives free. Father, thank you so much that you are with us even to the end of the age. You will never leave us, you will never forsake us. And because of that, we never have to fear, we never have to be dismayed. Father, we love you. We pray those things in the name of your risen son, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, Join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. digital.